All right, quick introduction here on this episode. I really enjoyed this one. It was a lot of fun. I sat down with Chris Oswalt. He has been on before. We did a Skype phone call deal once. Um, and for anyone who's curious, uh, he's a good friend of mine, family member, hunting partner, all the above. Um, we kind of got the bug for this backpack hunting thing together. And uh, there was a few years I was kind of dormant. Work wasn't really allowing me to get into it yet. And Chris really got into it deep. He had already kind of been backpack uh, camping for sure before all of this. So he already had some experience. And um, it seems like every time we go out, I learn more from him. Um, this This particular episode is a really great conversation about kind of what hunting in is here in America, um, you know, how it's, how it's regulated, a little bit of everything. Uh, I think some of the listeners who have hit me up from other countries uh, and had questions for me about hunting here, I think you guys will really enjoy this one. I think it'll answer a lot of those questions. And yeah, I hope everyone likes it and you know, if you have uh, any questions or any requests or anything like that, hit me up. Uh, all the social media stuff, it's just under Cody Price on Facebook and Instagram. It's P-R-E-I-S. And please enjoy the episode. And we definitely have more coming up soon. Holidays got hectic and crazy. I'm trying to schedule a time to sit down and talk with people from other countries as well. Uh, is getting really rough, just trying to lock down a time that I'm not working or they're available, but we're making it happen and there's still plenty more to come. So thanks again, everybody. Enjoy. So we're rolling. All right. Yeah. Um, so first of all, this was one of the better like holiday weekend visits we've got to do when you guys came down here because usually I'm working and it's all on a time crunch it's really nice to to not have to go to work and just to get to hang out and do some stuff yeah so what do we do we got a good workout in we did had a big old barbecue had some of my Idaho buck yeah had some really good tenderloins and burgers and watched the fights yeah that was pretty intense it was pretty intense (laughs) yeah it was it was it was sweet. It was cool to um, get to taste some of that deer after hauling half of it out. Right. Um, <laughs> you know, a little little bit of fruit of labor kind of a concept. Uh, no, it was great. Um, it's been cool. It's yeah. been cool. Yeah. Usually we're running around going crazy. I know. There's usually always something specific going on, and we just kind of made a plan on day one and got to stick to it for the most part. Right. It kind of worked out. Even yeah. with this, we planned a podcast today, so yeah, so it worked out too. It's working out. <laughs> Playing a little too much Super Nintendo, but uh, that's all right. I think Grandma's gonna be singing the Donkey Kong Country song. For oh life, yeah, life now. Yeah, you got kind of just as in almost just as intense as you are on the mountain. <clears throat> you were in front of that Nintendo. I'll oh okay. That. Yeah, Mr. Street Fighter. Hey, I just, I couldn't, I was hitting every goddamn button and nothing happened. I hit every button and I was just getting the life beaten out of me every time. So I'm pretty sure it was the controller. (laughs) 
Like if we would have switched, if I would have been player one, I think we would have been. You think good. that's it? Yeah, it's always the secret, right? Player one gets the advantage. <laughs> that's awesome. I'm too competitive though, too. I'll go out and want to buy one of those now and get really good at it just to show you up just next to beat time. Me next yeah, time. perfect. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I can't. We already whooped my butt in archery. So. I don't. <laughs> You got that. Yeah. You had that for a bit. Because of that, I don't have enough time in my life to play video games. I just... <laughs> <laughs> I lost interest real fast the other night. It was interesting to see the old school games. Yep. And then I was like, nope, I'm, I'm good. Yeah, that was fun. <laughs> it's fun. I mean, and I'm, I'm already kind of getting over it. It's application season's coming up. So yeah. I'm starting to think about that. I already got the email from Wyoming. Got the email from Oregon. Start thinking about things. So... I got something from Idaho. I got to check out. Oh, I got that one too. Something yeah, about buying early or something. Yeah. Yeah, because they're selling out. Oh no. Idaho, Idaho. <laughs> the deer tag, the non-resident deer tags, and the non-resident elk tags are selling out before oh, season crap. starts these days. So you gotta you gotta start to plan now, even for Idaho. Did they just start doing that in the last couple of years because they just started selling out. Wow. So the elk tags, I think, have been selling out July, June, July. Yeah. I think. Really? Yeah. God dang, because I think I just got mine. The When we went, I think I ended up just getting mine like right before yeah, season. Right? I don't yeah. know if you can do that anymore. Like, I don't know if they're going to be there. God dang. Because they go on sale and uh, people are picking up the, the second tag yeah. for the elk. And, um, and I think you can get two deer tags, too. Or maybe a white tail tag and a regular and a general deer tag. I'm not sure. I got to look at the regs again. But yeah, mm. it's... People are flocking. People are starting to flock into Idaho. All those tags are getting bought up. I don't blame them. I flocked into Idaho and left <clears> with a buck, man. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. You know, you it's start... a good spot. Come to think of it, I think we talked about it there. How many California plates we were seeing out there? Actually, yeah, quite a few. Yeah, and Oregon and other. States. Yeah, because Oregon doesn't have a general hunt for mule deer for rifle. They don't. No, everything east of the Cascades is all draw. Oh really? And it takes almost it takes at least a point for almost every tag. It almost every tag that's worth anything. And there's a lot of archery hunts you can do over the counter in Oregon, uh -huh. um, on the on the east side of the Cascades. But <clears throat> yeah, I mean, if you're from California, you you're you're talking Nevada, which is uh, pretty much draw only for practically everything. Yeah. Oregon, draw only unless you want to hunt blacktails in the jungle. Um, right. And then the next state's Idaho. So if you think about it, I mean, even in Montana too, Montana's starting to sell out um, of their their uh, combination licenses for non-residents. Not everybody's getting them. Like you can go, you could go a year hmm. without hunting Montana now because yeah. people are people are buying them up, and there's a quota on how many they sell. That's kind of rough. So I mean, if what's good, I mean, it's it's a I think it's a good sign. It's like I've always said, if um, everyone says, you know, hunting can't get bigger, right? Or the they, take, like, right? The take. Yeah, exactly. The there's not enough, can't get bigger. There's not enough animals for everybody. Right. But hunting itself can get bigger. It's just what's going to happen is it's just going to get harder and harder to go on hunts. And more hunts are going to yes. turn into draws. And every, and the opportunity is going to decrease. Right? Yeah. You're going to have to go years between hunts. Right. Or you're going to have to decide exactly what unit you want to go into. Yeah. And you're not going to have any flexibility. Right. Totally. Yeah. That's what's going to happen. I mean, 
you can only kill so many animals, right? Right. Uh, otherwise, it's not conservation anymore. Right. And right. It, it sucks to think about having to hunt that way, but it's not necessarily a bad thing to keep hunting going either. And really, it's not. It's probably the best thing for conservation because it just means more money going. Right. There's going to be more ways people are going to prepay a little bit here and there for their chance to draw somewhere or something like that. I mean, if anything, it's going to keep helping. Yeah, and I think you'll hit this <clears throat> this natural balance point where right. you're going to get the hobby hunters, the ones who are more interested in going to deer camp than they are about killing a deer, mm-hmm. right? Where we all started. Where we all start, where most of us start, at least yeah. very, you know, and I think... If you get too far to the to where we just talked about, right, where everything's a, ta- a draw tag, you're going to start losing those people, because right. those people they're they're not the planners, they're not they're not like me. Like I'm mm. I'm running through regs right now already. I was running through regs when when I punched my last tag of the season. Yeah. Um. I started looking at hunts for the the coming year. You know, right. almost eleven eleven months out. A lot of guys aren't doing that. More more are. Which is good, to your point. But those hobby hunters, you're going to start losing them if you start losing the general yeah. tags, right? Because they don't... There's a, there's a lot of guys who aren't going to put as much effort into this mm-hmm. as as it requires to do some of those, those draw applications and, you know, trying to think through, okay, well, the Cody Rich podcast did this Tag Tuesday. So what information is there? And then what? what how many people out there are going to do exactly what was in that podcast? And right. how do I beat that? Right? Yeah. How do I how do I make the next chess match step? Yeah. So that whatever units they're abandoning, they those now look those those are now something I can draw and right. get into. It is more of a chess match. It's it's mm-hmm. gonna take it's it's always elevating what it requires to get your tag and go and have a good hunt. And that's um, where that's where I think the balance comes in. If people are tired of that and they don't like that and they stop hunting, then all of a sudden areas within a few years are going to start popping back up with general seasons. Exactly. Yep. And it'll it'll all balance, and then you'll get, you'll get everybody back again who, you know, and of course there's going to be some horrible uproar online of people thinking they're taking hunting away and it's some, but... Yeah, I mean, the, the internet trolls, um, not my term, I, I don't know who coined that term, but I love it. You're never going to make those people happy. No. Right? They're no, looking for a reason to, to, to complain. And it always is such a small, small portion out of everybody you talk to, you know? Yeah. Like, even even I, I can finally say I've seen it, you know, with myself. And I've, uh, you know, I don't have much of a following yet. But I've gotten great praise from a lot of friends and a lot of other people I haven't met yet who enjoyed the podcast and already made some new friends because of it. And then I've had out of that situation, you know, a few hundred people. I've had a, a couple, uh, who had some, you know, Oh, the, you're a killing monster. Right. Nonsense online. <clears throat> and, um, <clears throat> for me, it's so small. I can, I could still try to talk to that person and, and just see if they're even willing to have a reasonable conversation. Because where I'm at, hell, I'll have the person on the podcast. I'd sure, love to, you know. And actually, if they're going to be reasonable. Well, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and I, well, there was, there was um, one woman I talked to from um, uh, somewhere in Europe. 
obviously, um, thinking that our regulations for hunting here were uh, open season, every animal year round, we kill until they're gone, like just no concept of what it was here. And that was her initial argument with me about why this is so bad. And the reason she found it too was because I'm posting... I was trying to post the link to this podcast on archery pages and hunting pages. And sometimes I I realized when it's a page that seems like it's from Europe somewhere, um, they're all good on the archery stuff, not necessarily the hunting. Yeah. Hunting is extraordinarily restricted in Europe. Right. So that person saw it on one of those pages. And everyone on those pages, too, who said something to me... um, we're, we're all very great and not and like, hey, look, you know, we understand it, but um, over here in Europe, we we don't get to hunt. And a lot of people, especially people on these pages, don't see it. And like just if, if you have anything that, you know, doesn't have any pictures of hunting or anything, then we're all good. I'm like, mm. yeah, no problem. At least but, they're upfront about it. <clears throat> but yeah, this this girl I talked to, she, I kind of explained what the situation is here, how it works, how it's our conservation and she's very understanding about it she goes oh i i thought it was the complete opposite i had no idea and i'll have to reach out again and because she's actually a um she was a wildlife biologist somewhere in europe oh essentially yeah so it's it's kind of a perfect person to talk to about that because that that kind of goes to show they it's very similar here too your wildlife biologists who are regulating all this, they aren't necessarily hunters. I'm sure some of them are. It's, it's likely. Yeah, most of them started out that way, I yeah. would assume. Um, but it, they very well could be indifferent as well, you know? I mean, yeah. they're not... It's not like they're they're going to be in there lying so people can kill more animals. Their goal and the reason they became what they are isn't to trick the world into letting hunting keep happening. It's to keep species alive. Right. You know? Yeah, it's an interesting... <clears throat> and you say regulated, too. I think what, what gets forgotten is the North America model of conservation came, came about as self-regulation. Yeah. The bison herds were decimated. Yeah. The elk herds were decimated. Pronghorns were down to five digits. I think... I think elk, I'm not sure if elk ever got down to five digits. Um, but like all these animals were just on the brink of being wiped off this continent. Yeah. The North America model of conservation is self-regulation. It is, it's, it, it, it's balancing a consumptive use mm-hmm. with, with strategically ensuring that there's going to be animals around for the future. Yeah. That's the whole point. <clears throat> the problem, the, the, I think the problem is if you, when, you t- when you sit down and you talk to a rational person and you explain to them, okay, well, the world and the landscape has changed so much. There are, what, 7 billion people on the planet? Mm-hmm. I forget what it is. Yeah, it's, it's something ridiculous. You can't just pull out of the world. You you can't just all of a sudden say, okay, well, humans are no longer allowed to... We're, as humans, we're just going to let everything be. Right. If I mean, if you want my honest thoughts, he, mankind is a virus. 
it is if you look at other organisms comparable to everything biology. else out there yeah yeah if that's your take on this is yeah. that we need to pull out and not be here uh I, well, you're talking about, it, yeah you're talking about population control on on the most destructive species on this planet right which is human beings right and we can't there is no acting like you know i've said it before here a million times there is no acting like we don't exist we can't just walk out of the woods and pretend like the animals are going to just stay there in the woods forever and be happy and maintain each other and everything will balance and it, it right. won't it won't you know it's um the with all the with regulation and everything like right now uh, i've seen the last few days there's a picture blown up going around of the last white rhino that died off yep and what's interesting to me about that is you you look through it there was there was zero possibility of hunting that for you know while it was alive while there was 10 20 30 of them for the last however many years you look at a very similar situation the black rhino so that rhino was down to somewhere under 10, something like that. There was uh, a male left who was past breeding age. He was really aggressive. He was killing other males just for no yeah. reason. And he wasn't breeding. So the people who who were trying to conserve this animal with minimal money and trying to keep it alive saw this destructive rhino and thought this this guy needs to go to keep the species alive and right. he got it down to where there was there was only like one or two i believe other males that could reproduce and keep the species alive right because he killed like 3 of them so they let um they let let someone auction off a hunt and you know some Oil-rich American came over who paid, I believe, $350,000 to shoot the thing. It's quite a few. Yeah. Came over, shot it. Uh, they didn't have issues with it anymore. The other males bred. And now when you look at that thing on online, it's highly endangered population rising. Yeah. F I'm looking it up now. Google knows all, right? Yeah. So 5,000-ish uh, in the wild. Right. And they were down to almost nothing. And yeah. this was this was an ordeal that happened over the last ten years. Right. I want to say, yeah, yeah, crazy. It's and it, it's it's just that, right? It's, um, it, it it's it's a lack of of understanding of where we are in the evolution of the world. Um, the 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 pure and simple fact is, human beings are consumptive species. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure you're going to get shit on your podcast for this, so I apologize. But yeah. I'm going to rant for a quick sec. No, definitely. Because, you know, you get people down in L.A. or San Francisco, New York, in these urban city centers, right? Right. And they think that because they're not going out and pulling a trigger, <clears throat> that they're not, that they're guiltless. Right. Right? Well, you know, someone else is, is raising cattle. On land that used to be run by bison, deer, elk, pronghorn, mm -hmm. right? So that cow is consuming the grass, the nutrients, the water that otherwise a, a native animal would have would have been, 
right? Right. Horses, cattle, pigs, all of those, all those animals are non-native. Half of the grasses across the Great Plains are non-native. Mm-hmm. Humans have irreversibly changed the landscape through consumptive use. We are now entering an interesting time in our in our evolution as a species where we now we're starting to give a shit which is good right so even even while sometimes misguided i think people in the anti-hunting community you know i think they want to care and they want it to stop right now well the only way it's going to stop right now is if you remove 75% of the world's human population from the mm-hmm. equation because that is where that's how you get consumptive use back in order you know i, I i'm a, i guess i'm a bit of a doomsdayer but i mean truly the world will not be able to continue spinning on as it does today it just it won't it mm-hmm. may take a thousand years or three thousand years i don't know what it'll take i'm not a genius right. um, and frankly i'll be dead long before that comes to fruition but we run our lives today by extracting, extracting energy out of the ground from biomass that lived millions of years ago without oil, without, without all of these other energy sources. We would not be able to exist in the life that we do today. Yeah. Okay? Those resources are finite. <clears throat> Vast as they are, those resources are finite. So when you, the, when I have conversations with people who are very against hunting, you know, anti's I feel like is a fairly derogatory term for most people, most of the rational people out there who just, they, they want to make sure, all, all they really want is to make sure that animals aren't chased down and hunted into extinction, right? Right. Most of them, not all of them. Right, right. And when I'm, when I have a rational conversation and we start to talk about not not the way they want the world to be necessarily, but the way the world is. Mm-hmm. The constraints with what we actually have to deal with today. It's, it's eye-opening for a lot of people, right? You realize that as a species, unless we are going to self-select, we're going to uh, self-select against ourselves, mm-hmm. which no one does, right? right. No one's going to go put a bullet in their head for the greater good. The greater good being anti doomsday, right? right? I'm, I'm, I believe in population control, so I'm going to go off myself. Nobody does that. Nobody's going to do that. That's not. That's against every coding in your DNA for survival, right? Mm-hmm. People are going to keep on keeping on, and that's the reality of the world. Yeah, you know, you you got you got people sitting in flats <clears throat> in these first world, highly developed uh, cities condemning burning the rainforest well that person didn't choose to be born was born to a poor farmer who now has to chop that rainforest down to grow corn to feed his family yeah or avocados or soybeans or whatever yeah like there's these environmental groups that are anti-avocado now or anti-soybeans because that's that's those are the primary products coming out of the rainforest. It used to be corn, but I think avocado and soy are huge now. Right. Or palm, yeah. right? Palm in the in Indonesia, 
they're killing off the orangutans because they're planting palm farms and they're killing the old growth forest. Yeah, look at the way we consume that stuff now. I mean, well, in America alone, things, anything soy related, palm related, yeah. all that, you know, it's it's given that label of that you're saving the world when you buy it. But but I guess my and and my my comment to that is well, if it wasn't if it wasn't palm grown in orangutan range or avocados grown in jaguar range or soybeans grown in lemur range, I don't, I don't think that's actually true. <laughs> Sounds good. I, I, I reached on that one. <laughs> it would be something else. Right. It, it's always yeah. going the the reality of it is it's always going to you're always going to be screwing over somebody yeah. or something because that is the problem with consumptive use and i'm not even talking hunting i'm talking about just farming Mm -hmm. clearing out forest right the the wyoming department of fish and game is doing an awesome thing they're where they're studying they've radio collared a bunch of deer yeah and they're studying the migration corridor oh okay oh you know i think i did you you i did a picture i copied copied you on this it is awesome because this is the arrogance of humans, or the, not even arrogance, just um, just ignorance. Right. The ignorance of humans, right? Oh, hey, we see that awesome valley in between two mountains, and we want to put a city there, because as humans, that's a comfortable place for us to live and develop, mm-hmm. right? Well, deer need to cross that valley to get from summer range to winter range. Deer and elk, pronghorns, bison, g-bears wolves, whatever, they can't live in the same spot all year round in most of their historic range. Yeah. Right? I'm not talking about Roosevelt elk who act like whitetails and they live in the same (laughs) acre for most of their (laughs) lives, right? I'm talking about animals that move hundreds of miles twice a year right? to get from grass. when When the snow melts, they get back to the grass and the green up because... The lower elevation grass doesn't have the nutrients they need. And then when the snow pushes them off that mountain, they've got to cross through what is now a highway or a city or a township, right? And they're getting slaughtered on the freeways. Mm-hmm. You want to talk about conservation? <laughs> Let's pull out the highways yeah. that cut off the migration corridors, right? You think, you think hunters out there killing animals that they have to, you know, get within killing distance of which you know for some hunters is a thousand yards but not many of us at least they have a shot mm-hmm. how much you know how much how big of a chance do you think a, a, a string of 500 deer has against semi trucks barreling down the highway right not much right so it's 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 human nature right the world has got incredibly complex and people want to pick off little pieces of the problem and i understand that because it's really hard to put your arms around all of the problems we have right as a world as a human population right but you can't go and make policy decisions and you can't go and run smear campaigns on on half the information or with with little to no context it's it's irresponsible. And we do it too. Hunters mm-hmm. do it too, right? You see posts all the time about how the cats aren't managed or how the the wolves are killing off everything. And I mean, in fairness, they, are, they kind of are, but 
on the whole, wolves on the landscape. We extirpated wolves. That was wrong. Yeah. They should be managed <laughs> like anything else. No kidding. Right? There's a balance point. It's not right. let them run free because now humans are, you know, what, what people, what the, the PETA folks in L.A. Realize, don't realize is even their grass-fed, humanely treated beef is on land that used to belong to wolves. Right. Right? It's just, there's this natural, there's just, there's, there's a balance point of what, how do we get this to, to be as sustainable as possible? Right. For the length of time that we have until we consume every resource on this planet and kill it. And that's where people, I feel like they aren't aligned. Right. People, they polarize themselves these days. You know, I think we've had this conversation, but people, people look for ways, new and interesting ways to hate other people these days. Yeah, it's very true. Instead of realizing that we're all, we're all, we're all really going for the same thing within the constraints of our reality. But we sit here and we, we just hate on each other instead. And we put so much effort into arguing that we're not really getting anything accomplished. Mm-hmm. It's just distracting. And it's a use of resources that isn't, that isn't helping the elk or the deer or the wolves or the G-bears or whatever, right? I had that rant saved up for a minute. So. That's a good one. <laughs> no, there's, there's a few things I, you can pick out of there, too. That's kind of like when you think about it... Um, well, with what I was saying in the beginning about talking to someone um, on the other side of it who who I was lucky enough to have a good conversation with and yeah. they realized, oh, it's a lot different. I don't know what I'm saying. And um, I was able to teach them what we do here is very similar to what she does for a living, you know. And um, but on the other end, I have... I had once, just one time, I had the irrational, like, just going to say the craziest thing I could possibly say. I hope you die, and I'll, I would kill you, and this, right. and even that to me, it, 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 for for all of our, our large vegan audience I have, or, or anti-hunting, or what, <laughs> whoever hears this and someday and feels like they, they have the need to go online see a hunter who killed something and tell him if you ever saw him, you would rip his throat out or stab him in the heart. Keep in mind, first of all, you're talking to a person that has taken lives before. Yeah. Whether, you know, and they're animal lives and they've taken them, they've harvested them, they've got their meat, they've... I I wouldn't like... I'm not going to go, a perfect example, I'm not going to go on Twitter or whatever and tell John Jones, even though he won and technically had drugs in his system, he's a piece of shit and I would I would knock him <laughs> out so quick if I ever saw him. At, no, it's like, why? <laughs> well, and I mean, like I understand, emotions are strong and I, yeah. I get it, but you... Someone who runs their life on emotion. Yeah. What are you trying to accomplish? Like, what what is your goal for saying that? Are you just trying to make someone feel bad? Right. Like, 
how is that helpful to your cause? If people would just take a minute and try to understand. You may not agree, even when you try to understand. But if you tried to understand, I don't know. It, I think the world would be a better place. Yeah. Just generally. Oh, definitely. But yeah, I mean, My, to, your, to your point, if, like, if Hunter said that back, right? <clears throat> oh, I'll, you know... Instead of going on my hog hunt, next time I'll come find you. Okay, come on now. You know, that, that's not something you see a lot. Because I think, I think there's a respect for life. Yeah. When you understand that not, you know, this isn't a, some fairy tale land where everybody lives forever. Right? It's not, you know, this isn't My Little Pony. This isn't a Disney movie. Life is life. <clears throat> life has a finite timing to it. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's longer than others for some critters versus others or people versus others, right? But if you fundamentally can't accept that life is finite and all you have is hatred for anything that ends life, well, you're, you're just, you're deluding yourself and you're living in a world that doesn't exist. And so at that point, you're never going to have a rational conversation with somebody like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? And no matter what, you have to put yourself in check and realize no matter what you eat, no matter how you live your life, you have contributed to something Mm -hmm. that has taken plenty of animals' lives. Yeah, absolutely. It's, there's no way around it. Um, You know, something else I was just thinking of too that it kind of shows too when you, you don't know what to do with this situation or, or people on the outside want to make the decisions on what we should do and, and reintroduce species and this and that, which personally, in my opinion, I, I'm thinking I'm I'm not really for reintroducing things necessarily because a lot, I think it, it, it seems like it's been effective in that species but it seems like like wolves is the prime example yeah. it, it starts doing something to all these other species all of a sudden you just unleashed a monster that didn't exist for a few hundred years and yeah. now all of a sudden they they have to change and adapt their whole lifestyle over probably what five generations before they learn how yeah. to live with this new monster that's out in the woods that that is one of the only species that kills animals for fun and walks away and like you yeah. know there's so much to consider with it but then um like my friend Riku in New Zealand yeah something he so said to me is like a perfect situation there like hunting you you can definitely hunt in New Zealand um it's uh, every species there is invasive. Nothing, nothing there was really originally from there. Right. And there's not a native mammal. Right. There, no mammals were native to the island of, uh, islands of New Zealand. Yeah. Except for the marine animals that <coughs> maybe shored up on the rocks or whatever. Right? right. Yeah. They were all, for anyone who's wondering why, like I did, well, Riku explained it all too, but they were essentially all taken there. Um, and left there for food. Yeah. <laughs> for people who are like, well, this place is pretty awesome. I think we're going to come back here. Let's leave some food here. Right. 
Um, cattle. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. They're being used as cattle. So his, uh, what he was saying was one of the deer species there, I believe it was just one of them, but the population has been blowing up so much and, and there's not enough people there hunting the species for whatever the reason. The ptarmigan. Yes. And they're, I think it yeah. is the tar that he was saying. This yeah. is, and they're going through and poisoning them. Oh, geez. It's, um, I want to say it was a... Well, that's how wolves were extirpated. I feel like it, was it wasn't the tar, though. I feel like it was... Oh, maybe a different one? I almost am thinking it was like the red deer species. Could be. Yeah. I mean, the pod- I can't that, remember. But that's it's the on thing. the podcast I did with him. But that's, that's the thing with invasives, right? They have no rights. <clears throat> and then now, 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 here's the thing: you go back to the people who, who have not been a part of hunting or even necessarily seen the population control and what hunting can do for it. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, now these animals are are becoming a problem in those people's lives and those people get together and say hey something's got to be done let's uh hey government can you fix this for us yeah and then yeah we got this and before you know it they're poisoning thousands of of animals and it's just like what yeah is poisoning really a better answer than yeah hunting and that that'll absolutely right. happen here i know that there's um it's been back and forth quite a bit for pigs in in the U.S. right now, and I believe there's places it has happened too. But it's super super dangerous where um, other animals are getting into it, um, or pigs have it, and then like certain vultures come start eating the pigs. The vultures die, mm-hmm. you know. All it, it's just yeah, poison pigs effect. are going to be a bad thing for condors in California. Uh huh. And that's and. It's so funny too how nobody cares about pigs. Hmm. Like, eh, there's, there's yeah. a good. I mean, people care. There's there's a lot of people who are out there, you know, saying don't ever eat pork and save their lives and everything else. But I'm I'm talking about wild pigs specifically. Like, I I in the last, I don't know how many years, um, helicopter hunting has been huge. Like in Texas, mm-hmm. and I haven't seen any hate online yet really about that and it's and i and i think it's because everybody there there's you could probably count on your hands the number of people in texas who want to save the pigs i bet Mm -hmm. because it's like they they're such a massive problem and they know you can go up in a helicopter and unload on these pigs and and kill 150 of them in an hour and it doesn't even come close to making a dent in the problem that they yeah. are, and they're they're trampling through people's crops. They're they're oh, just pigs are awful, awfully yeah. destructive. Pigs are one of the few species that can keep up with humans in in terms of destruction. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and they populate like them too. They do, they do. <laughs> it is interesting. There's one thing, so you don't get a bunch of hate mail. There's one thing I wanted to say, clarify. Uh-huh. You mentioned wolves killing things for fun. Yeah, I would say I would I would tweak that just a bit mm-hmm. that they kill for op- they kill with opportunity, right? So wolves it's are like known. in their instinct. If, yes, if they anytime stop. they have an opportunity, they will kill because they don't know where their next right. meal is coming from. That's that's right? a way better way to say it. That's a good point. So just so you don't get a bunch of hate mail in there. Yeah, <laughs> but it is. I mean, wolves. You know, the ones that survive. The the because I don't know if you've ever 
I mean, we've, we've, we've had a, a, a smattering of experience with winter in Idaho. Mm-hmm. Those winters are nasty. Yeah. Right. Wolf country is nasty, nasty country. And so those wolves, the ones who survive are the ones that kill every opportunity they have. And they, some, they come back to that meat as it's frozen or whatever and eat on it through the winter. And that's mm. how they survive those nasty winters. So to your point, they've evolved to take advantage of every opportunity that they can. Yeah. And a lot of times, you know, I, when you, when you kill every opportunity you have, you're going to waste some of that waste, quote unquote, the wolves are not going to consume all of that meat. Right. Right. Or they may put undue pressure on a very specific group of animals. And, um, they may, they may run, you know, they could run animals completely out of a drainage that would otherwise support them. So, yeah, absolutely. I mean, from that perspective, wolves need to be managed to make sure that their natural instincts, you know, when, when elk had millions of acres to escape to, mm-hmm. right? Totally different story, right? They, they escape, they come back, maybe a couple years later, the wolves move around, they figure it out, right? Yeah. Balance in all things. Well, now you've got human resorts. You've got ski resorts. You've got log cabins. You've got um, snowmobile trails. You've got all of these other things where elk can only go so far. Right. So to that point, you can't let wolves eat themselves out of existence. Right? All right. Which I think is what you're getting at. Yeah. Uh, but I just want to make sure you don't get a bunch of hate mail. No. No, absolutely. <laughs> well, and it's like you, you, get, you see a lot of... Um, there's been a lot of pictures going around and stories going around of places where wolves were reintroduced where now like farmers will say, Hey, uh, they came through and killed all 40 of my sheep mm-hmm. and didn't eat them. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it's like you said, it's, it's an opportunity thing and it's, it's literally, it's something, it's instinct. It's built into it's them, instinct, you know? Yeah. Um, it's millions of years of genetic coding. Yeah. Good luck rewriting that in 50 years. Right, exactly. Yeah. It, it's kind of like uh, you've been up to the cat prison up here, right? <laughs> you guys, we went there one time, right? Yeah. The, uh, so what I'm talking about is the they call it the cat haven uh, up here in Fresno. And it's I they have all these different species of wild cats. Uh, your typical cougar mountain lion that you see out here uh they at one time they had a few different tigers um all these a panther a leopard like they have all these cats which i if they're saving them great i i couldn't even tell i'm just talking shit i calling it the prison because it's like the size of a prison cell for these cats and you know yeah um but anyways back to the the whole opportunity thing you walk by one of those enclosures and immediate if if you venture about five or six feet away from one of your kids those things are on them like white on rice they go right to the edge and they're just staring down the kids yeah that's their opportunity like yeah. you know it's like oh that little thing yeah it's mine right, right now <laughs> right these predators they don't understand right they don't understand human encroachment into their territory they don't Mm -hmm. understand that if they attack a human in their space that the department of fishing game is going to come out and 
take them out. Right. It's you're, you're talking, you, you're, you're, you can't impose the human evolution yeah. and in cognizance on, on an animal, on a predator or, or an ungulate or whatever, any kind of creature you're talking about. Right. You can't assume that just because you draw a, bo- a boundary on a map that a G bear is not going to come in and eat your dog. Right. Yeah. That's not how that's not how the natural world the that's not how the natural world works and you know kind of to our prior conversation or prior point humans have evolved in a way that has departed from the rules of natural law yeah and the farther and farther we get away the farther and farther we don't understand or the the less and less we understand. Right, we're mm-hmm. generationally we're losing our understanding of the natural world and how that works, and then you know some somebody has a brilliant idea of oh let's let's reintroduce G bears into California where they used to live. Well, first of all, it's a different bear, mm-hmm. completely different species. The California grizzly was a troop bear. It was not it was not nearly as aggressive as the Rocky Mountain grizzly or the brown bear or whatever you know whatever its true specific name is is. So that's first of all. It's a completely different bear. That the California grizzly bear is dead, gone, will never come back. Those genes, the genetics are lost. Yeah. Okay, so then then you talk about okay, well we know the G bear is aggressive, right? Because we have countless um well, not countless, but we have quite a few and rising problems in places or anywhere around Yellowstone, right? And in the Rockies where people are getting attacked by grizzly bears. Yeah. So then you say, okay, well, yeah, that, that sounds like a great idea. Let's bring that animal <laughs> to a state of 30 million people, 35, 40, something like that. And tell it, hey, stay over here. Right, <laughs> right. And it's going to run through a place like Yosemite and eat whatever it wants mm-hmm. until it causes enough problems that they have to shoot it. The world doesn't <clears throat> exist the way it used to. Yeah. And unfortunately, there are certain animals that are never, that that that, are not gonna fit, into where mankind has gone. Yeah, it's a sad reality, but it's a reality nonetheless. And and people who don't understand that, are fundamentally flawed in some of these thoughts, programs, perspectives. Right. And it you know I would I would. I would love to see to be out backpacking and to see a grizzly bear from a nice safe distance. Me too, man. Yeah. I don't want to see one in my camp. No. Right? And I don't want to see one on my ranch. Oh, and man. that's but that's human, right? That and that's where we're at. The people in LA really have no right to go out and tell a cattle rancher that they should live with grizzly bears. Yeah. That's not fair. And it really isn't. Right? Because they're not dealing with it. So I I in all things, I I, I do believe that we should make reasonable efforts when we can at logical reintroductions where we can. But they have to be reasonable, science-based, managed, Yeah. right? You got grizzly bears that don't fear people anymore because they're not hunted. Yeah, absolutely. The fiercest land predator on the planet is a G-bear, except for maybe a polar bear. Right. But a polar bear is just bigger and a lot of the same, right? And you, you now are, you're creating that, that animal with no fear of humans, no fear of reprisal. 
cats in California. If you look at the numbers, Mm -hmm. ever since mountain lion hunting was outlawed in California, they have taken just as many cats or more on quote-unquote depredation, um, depredation kills, Right, where the state has had to go out and remove problem cats. They take more, the same number or more, every year since the last year that they were hunted. That's insane. And at probably at least double the cost, right? Well, what, now what, the government's about, doing it. Right. Versus people doing it out, you know, quote-unquote recreationally. And the government's right? doing it means somewhere along the lines a few people are getting paid a few thousand dollars each uh-huh. easily yeah you got to employ you got to employ do you when, know what, i mean you know what it takes to kill a mountain lion but other oh, people yeah. probably don't right dogs you need hounds mm-hmm. you need someone who knows mountains you need someone who understands behavior that's a that's a career yeah people houndsmen have made careers out of this <clears throat> because it requires highly specialized skill yeah you don't just go out and kill a mountain lion no I think in 20 years, 20 years of hunting, I've seen two cats. I guarantee more than two cats have seen me. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I've seen two, two myself, I think. Yeah, I've only seen two, and I'm right there with you. I know there's, yeah. there's been a lot more that have seen me. Yeah. I've seen I've seen cat tracks in my boot prints. You, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. You, when you see a cat, it basically, it is very rare that you're catching it off guard. You're seeing it because it it doesn't care. It, that you know, it's it there. probably wants you to notice it and go away. Not not the other way around. Right. It wants you to see it and get lost because it's stalking something else. Right. And it doesn't want to fuck with you. Yeah. Or or sometimes and they just they're just kinda of curious. They're yeah. curious animals. Uh-huh. Um I have I've snuck up on one. I came around and I it was purely topography. Yeah. S- blind, stupid luck. And it had an injured kitten that it was that was slowing it down. Mm-hmm. And it looked up and saw me and wasn't super happy, but the kitten was injured and could only move so fast. And so that was that was the first one I saw. The second one he knew full well I was there, and he didn't care that I saw him. And that, you know, I mean, predators. It it's it's all good. It's all well and good when you talk about predators living in places like Yellowstone or Banff or mm-hmm. you know some of these parks, quote unquote. Well, both the mountain lions I've seen are in the foothills of the foothills right outside Sacramento. Yeah. Where runners and joggers and horseback riders and mountain bikers go. Yeah. There were there was I was hunting a piece of property that had a string of houses right next to it on five acre parcels. And I saw both those cats in the same spot were right next to those houses. Good God. People don't they yeah. they don't realize. And it's it's I I always so I always try to I always just try to share my perspective and help yeah. them understand that it's it's not about killing everything, it's about balance. You know what? Now I just remembered one um, on a job I was on, um, and we were probably. I would say this this job site, it was it was kind of a country road. It was probably ten miles from here, up towards the foothills, to, just to the point where you're in the first, 
you're just seeing the first couple of little mountains going into the foothills. Mm-hmm. And it was all orange orchard and one big long road that, that we were paving. And I was standing out there um, and there was, there was another person standing out there. I think I was dumping haul trucks or something for base rock to build this road. And um, you get that, that creepy feeling <laughs> for one. But at some point, I turned around and you see ass end walking into the oranges. And then you see like three to four feet of tail following it straight out. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, holy shit, that was a mountain lion. And the other guy there was like, that's not, there's no mountain lion. I go, hey man, what's that? What? I go, that's a mountain. <laughs> right there. Like, like half yeah. a mile away. Yeah. He's roaming through these orchards, probably eating whatever the hell he finds out there. Yeah. Squirrels, rabbits, whatever. But that, that was a mountain lion. And a few other people saw it the next few days. They actually even, because enough people saw it, they, they like stopped having ground guys. They had us like in a loud vehicle driving around dumping trucks. But, you know, that's, you're talking, if the wrong thing freaks that cat out and it goes running the wrong way, that thing is in town. In town. And yeah, it's going to be hiding in trees, jumping through shit. It's snatching dogs out of yards. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's people want to separate themselves from that problem when they don't see it every day. And then when they see it one time, like, um, when it starts happening in LA, everyone wants to freak out and, oh my God, this is an isolated incident that it's okay to hire someone to come get rid of this animal. No, no, it's not. It just came a little farther out from where it's normally comes out. Yeah. Well, in the next generation, there's going to be another young cat. Yeah. Who's going to get kicked out of his mama's territory. Right. Right? Because there's only so many deer. And cats require deer or rabbits or dogs, whatever, right, to eat. Yeah. And it's going to venture too far down and it's going to happen again. That's that's the way it works. Right. Usually those are the cats who would get killed by hunters. Right? And it's 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 just silly because people just don't want to accept basic truths. Basic re- Yeah. Not even truths. Just reality. People just, they don't want to talk about reality. And that's, I think, where we get ourselves into trouble, right? That's why we get Facebook threads and forum right. posts that go on and on about how everybody's a dirtbag. And it's like, well, you really want to talk, you, you, really want to, you really want to boil that down. I mean, the human race is pretty despicable. Oh, yeah. In its, in its evolution, right? People, I think there's a lot of good people, quote unquote, or... Uh, per, yeah, but the human species, you know, has has marched us down this path from inception, mm-hmm. if you believe that way, from the day we got kicked out of the garden, right? That's just the way it is, um, and it's just a reality that you have to accept. You can't you can't just wish that away. So when you start to think about how to do things within the confines of what is real and what we can actually do, people start to make more rational decisions and have more rational perspectives. But it's that when you, when you don't, when you, when everybody's not on that same starting page of the reality is humans, humans have we've over, we've overpopulated this world already. 
we're already consuming too much. We're already screwing things up too bad. Yeah. And that's not, that's just not going to change. We can make, we can make little, we can make changes, you know, here and there, and we can do things to, to delay the inevitable. But you can't, one, you can't reverse it. And two, bickering, bickering over things isn't going to help anything. No, absolutely not. What's, what's funny about it to me too, is like you, if you take, um, hunters and, whoever they are, if you want to call them anti-hunters, if you want to call them vegans, whatever they are, when you strip everything down, we have more in common with each other wanting to keep, when it comes down to just wanting to keep species alive and thriving, than we do with the fat guy behind the keyboard eating McDonald's, yelling at everybody. You know, isn't that insane? It it is insane because yeah. there's there should be. I mean, the objective is actually not that different. It really isn't. Hmm. And if anything, if if some of us can get on the same page, we could get a lot more done to really protect everything. And that's the shame of it. But right? it, it's so hard to for hmm. other people to, especially when it comes to different animals. It's so hard for them. To separate themselves, to step away and look at the big picture because somebody shot that bear and I have to be mad because that's a teddy bear. They shot that bear and it's like, no. You you know the crazy thing to me about bears too is, is you can watch so many planet earth and wildlife documentaries and all these beautiful videos where people stroll down into a, a national park or stroll down somewhere where bear are just sitting there at a river eating fish or just loading up on berries. Uh, kind of like that fat guy behind the computer, <laughs> you know? <laughs> They're just loving life. They're just sitting there popping berries, sitting there eating fish. They're full. They're happy. And yeah, those photographers... They probably think they're undetected. They're they're not. They're they get twenty yards away and are happy that they're taking these incredible mm-hmm. photos. That's because those bears don't give a shit. Right. They're hunt. They're full. They're happy. Mm-hmm. This guy's not gonna hurt me. That's what they're thinking. You know, they're like, yeah, I'm good. Mm-hmm. And but when if somebody ever came across an angry, hungry bear. The, the the image would be so yeah. so different for people people it because of what people are capable of photographing in these really safe places for these animals people think oh that look at it, it it's got feelings it's it's hugging the it's wife bear it's it's so happy and it no it's full and it's content yeah that's just how it is there um there was a great there was a great little video clip that got spliced up and like the, the animal rights side who posts this video, you see a bear, um, like a cub die. I think, uh, uh, it just, I think their video just showed the cub die or something. And you see like this mama bear, like over the cub making this awful noise that almost you can say this thing is mourning and crying and maybe maybe it is for a second and when you watch the real video a male bear that came out of hibernation 
went and targeted this little cub to fill its belly and the mom fought it off. Well, the cub was dead. So then the mom leans over the cub, does that weird thing. And where their video ends, the part starts where the mom reaches down and rips its damn head off and starts eating it. Because that's what they do. Mm. Because she's hungry too. And she's she not going to let that protein go to waste. Right. It's such a... It, it, <laughs> it's... It's so easy to take the picture that you want to see and right. make the guess that you want to see, you know, and call call that wild bear Winnie the Pooh, but it's not. It's just not. Look at the the best comedy ever written was the Grizzly Man movie. <laughs> Is that not like that was the Bear Whisperer, right? Yeah, he thought he could go cohabitate yeah, he with was, the bears. Yeah, he yeah, was, it was great. It was great while the salmon were running. Uh huh. It was great while the berries were there. Yeah. You know, and that he finally he finally encroached on that bear so much and pissed him off. Yeah. He died. He died. One day the bear was. He got him and his girlfriend killed for it. Yeah. Yeah. Bear I mean, they're not the that world is so harsh. These animals are just they've evolved to live in the toughest possible conditions. Yeah. And part of that is aggressive behavior. Jealously defending territory, food source breeding yeah. rights etc and you get you get an animal that's a thousand pounds of claws teeth and fury yeah claws teeth and hunger there you, you, you gonna have to sit down and have a conversation with that bear <laughs> i mean what are you gonna do right he's gonna kill you or you're gonna kill him and yeah. that's how it works it's that simple and it and people just refuse to believe it's that simple right it's so crazy too because you can you're capable of loving that animal in a way like you love to watch it. You love to see what it does. You're, you're capable of enjoying mm-hmm. what that animal is and watching videos of it or seeing it in the wild. But at the same time, you got to be able to respect it. Mm-hmm. And people need to understand that hunters, a, a lot of hunters are capable of it. Of course, with anything, just like with hunters, you have... The Billy Bobs who go out there and Ooh, I love killing and whatever. Yeah. You know, and it is what it is. But I would definitely say most hunters love animals. Mm-hmm. They want them to continue to be there. And yeah, I'm I, I, I'm a hunter and I'll I, I'll can sit and go down a rabbit hole for two hours online watching animals in the wild do what they do. Yeah, totally. Because it's beautiful. It's amazing. You know? Yeah. But at the same time, I'm not going to tell myself I can go jump in and be a part of that. Right. You know, I'm not, you, you can't go pet it and cuddle it. It's, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's not a petting zoo. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, the more and more, I think the more and more we conquer as a species, as the human, um, the human species, right? The less and less we are afraid of things. Yeah. The, the more and more we think that things are on our level. And that that arrogance gets a lot of people in trouble. Definitely. Um, it is it it is fascinating, and I think you know, if someone's willing to be rational and reasonable, I've had a lot of conversations with people who mm-hmm. will never hunt, and that's fine. They don't ever want to pull the trigger, but they understand. Yeah. Um, and if but if they're rational, at least they they understand what my motives are 
Yeah. They understand I'm not out there to eradicate everything. Mm-hmm. And that's good enough. I'm okay mm-hmm. with that. If, you know, I, my, my, in my house, we don't, we don't refer to pork as pork. We refer to pork as pig. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We refer, refer to beef as cow. Venison is deer or elk or pronghorn or wherever it came from. And that's important. It's important that my kids understand what animal that burger is associated to. Yeah. And, I mean, my daughter, at a very young age, she's four now, she understands that that meat comes from something that walks around. Yeah. She gets it. And she understands that it's it's part of how the world works. She understands a chicken can be clucking and da 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 walking around in the yard, and then she understands it can also be on it'll be it can be on the barbecue four hours later. Um and and she she just understands it. It's it's this reality is so important to me that I've tried to instill it early on. Because yeah. if you if you just holistically, this subject aside, if you don't accept basic realities then you're just not going to be effective. You, you, you can't be rational if you don't understand reality. Yeah. Um, and so I just try to get there with people. You know, and it doesn't always work. I get a lot of FUs. Um, mm. But more often than not, I, 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 don't, I don't want to have interactions with people who aren't rational. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if anything, it helps you. You find the people that's like, okay, you're just... You're living in a different world, and we're not really compatible people. Like, it's just... Right. i glad we could have the talk, but I don't think we have a friendship in line. Like it's, Yeah, there's no reason for us to interact. Yeah. Right? It's that simple. <laughs> you know, and, and just like you said, I've, I've had a million of those conversations. And I've actually come to realize, too, it's... Um, all the negativity is really just stuff that gets blown up online. In reality, most people just stand indifferent and they don't really consider it until they talk to someone like you or me or any other hunters out there who have really great reasoning behind what they do and can explain it yeah and they're like oh i get it that's that's awesome but it's not their life and they don't care in the end right but they they learned something a little different about it it it, yeah at least the perspective has has widened a bit yeah right and that's all you can really hope for um you know, selfishly, I, I still want there to be general tags available. Yeah. No, I do too. <laughs> but I'm I'm willing to accept if there won't be. I, you know? Yeah, totally. Because I, I'm willing I, I will believe those those biologists and everyone who sets the standards for us and and they're gonna put, the numbers are gonna be out there. You're gonna see it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it, it it it'll probably be a gradual decline. In, in population that will be documented. Yep. And and then one day it's going to be like, what? I have to draw for D7 at a yeah. at a 3% success rate? And then you look and you realize, oh, wow, the population went down 500 every right. year for the last five years or whatever. And you're like, okay, I guess, yeah, it makes sense. Makes sense. Don't want to wipe them out. Yeah. Then you never get to do it again. Exactly. Right? Yeah. And that's the thing. It's like, so you kill animals to save animals. It's like, well, part of part of the part of the killing is enjoyment of the animal. Yeah. Seeing it in its natural habitat, it's it's going back and surviving the way we used to. 
humans, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you could all you can always say farmers, yada yada yada. I realize that, but the, anybody who says people that the the evolution of mankind was based purely on farming is they have no idea what they're talking about. That's just factually incorrect. Yeah. And so, but you get to experience things, you know, in this connected world that we have where all we do is try to avoid our own reality and and look at other people's Facebook, Instagram, great examples, right? Oh, I don't like, I don't like what I'm looking at in my life right now. So I'm going to look at a screen and look at someone else's life, Mm -hmm. right? If you don't like your life, go, go do something you like, go turn your life into something you want. And that's how I do it. Yeah, I do it by putting my backpack on and grabbing my bow or my rifle and heading into the woods for five or seven days, picking up elk sheds, walking into elk around a corner, you know, accidentally seeing mountain lions, <laughs> you know, letting chasing skunks out of camp, uh-huh. having, having <laughs> bucks just t- trot right through your camp when yeah. you don't have a deer tag. Right. And just, <laughs> and just being happy to see them. Yeah. Right. That's how that's how I experience my life when you know I don't like the hustle and bustle of the city life and right. the work in the nine to five and etc. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's that, that and that's how we experience it. But if you didn't have a tag, you wouldn't you wouldn't do it the same way, mm-hmm. right? And it's it's hard to explain that to people. Hiking is not the same as hunting. It doesn't. It there's there's not the same sense of purpose. There's not the same interaction. There's not the same skill set. Right. You can you can be hollering all you want down the trail. You walk in the midday. You don't. See, you're never going to see those animals the same yeah. way, as if as when you're actually interacting with them. Um, and that you know, and that doesn't work for everybody, and that's fine. But that's what works for me. That's how I stay sane in an insane world. Yeah. And um, I don't know. It's I I find that I I can usually win people over not to. Not to hunting necessarily, but right. at least to acceptance. To yeah, to understanding yeah what what we're doing, you know. It's, right. And I'll be the first one to say that poaching is not hunting, and I turn in every poacher I can not. find. Yeah, if, if I, would I ever do in a get second. wind of somebody poaching, they yeah. go. I go straight to the the local authorities, right? Because right. poaching is not hunting, and that's no. not what we're trying to do. No, absolutely not. <laughs> and that's, and in, in reality, that's what a lot of the people who th- who are on the fence or indifferent or they're just not sure that's the first thing you'll hear is well oh okay i I like what you do but i'm not for people who just go out and kill a deer and take the antlers no we're not either yeah because that is highly (laughs) highly highly illegal yeah and unethical and it's not what we're out here to do so it actually sounds like you're for hunting because everybody's at least not against it right yeah yeah (laughs) yeah because not because leaving the meat is illegal yeah, absolutely. Dude, I was floored. When we were when we were um quartering my deer and we we're looking at all the meat over the rib cage and up the neck and you're like, "Can you believe it's legal to leave that?" I couldn't I couldn't even fathom what you were talking about. Like a half an inch slab of meat all the way up from the rib cage to the neck is legal to not take in some states. Oregon, Oregon actually just made it illegal to leave the neck. Oh, good. Yeah, I but, was going to say, but until that year, hunter, until that year, you could leave the neck. I would, God, 
Yeah. Like, as a hunter, I would be all for making that illegal and keep it moving. Like, yeah, that, right. there's no reason to not... I'm not going to leave f- f- five pounds of meat because I'm going to have to take a second trip. I'm gonna, I'm there to take a second trip. I'm there to hike my ass off and, and <laughs> kill myself basically all weekend and lug it all out on my back. And if that means... That's the experience. Yeah. And get, yeah, and, and if that Idaho buck, like if if we couldn't get it back into my truck in one shot, which, you know, wasn't extremely far, but it was a long uphill battle for half of the distance. That was steep. Yeah, until we can get to the top and just ridgeline all the way back to the truck. But we, we got back to the truck at 1 a.m., and if there was more meat sitting on that buck, we would have been walking back to that buck at 1 a.m. Mm-hmm. Because that's what we're there to do. Like, yeah. Well, I think we had, I think we had coyotes on us right away. So yeah. That was part of the reason I think we took it all at once. Plus, I didn't want to walk my ass back down that ridge. <laughs> we got loud though too. We did. So, we were having fun. With oh it. yeah, we were, we were hollering and that was. Great. It was like twenty degrees, I think, when we got back to the truck, right? Yeah. Something stupid. We were oh, both in t-shirts. It could have been, yeah, it could have been 85. <laughs> I had no idea. I was, that was the first time in I my life. I could see my breath. Yeah. Yeah. That was the first time in my life that I, I was beating you up a hill. <laughs> because I realized too, I just, I, that's when I realized, oh, when it's your kill, man, you, it's a little different. you have <laughs> a little bit more adrenaline and excitement than the person who's helping you. Because I kept looking back, I, we were taking our, like, what, 10-yard, 20-yard spurts? Because, I mean, we were hucking uphill. Like, it was rough. It was, it was a hard uphill. I mean, I remember reaching out and touching, and touching, you. touching the ground at shoulder height. <laughs> that was brutal. I mean, it seemed like it was only. It, it couldn't have been more than a quarter mile. Yeah. Upslope. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But it took us almost as long as to cover the the next mile on the ridge top. Right. Right. It was yeah. That was that was rough, man. That was awesome. But yeah, I just kept like. <laughs> yeah. Like I wasn't running and out. You of were breath. a little more excited than me. Yeah. Not much. I was little. stopping when my legs. Like started wobbling on me, yeah. yeah, and I would stop, catch a breath, take another ten yard spurt, and I'd look back and see you. I'm like, man, this is the first time Chris has ever been staring at my ass while we were hiking. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good time. That was a good time. It. What was funny too is that when we shot that thing, it seemed like such a uh, a great idea after after we quartered it. To just drop down that little extra bit and cross the river and take that nice road all the way back to camp. And then it got pitch black and we're looking and then we realized, oh yeah, there's like, we'll, we'll cliff out if we don't drop down like In the right spot. within the perfect little 10 yard ditch and take that all the way down. We're going to hit cliffs. And it was really easy to be like, well... Guess we're going up. I'm, yeah, I'm looking at that ridge line, and it's not far. And I'm like, I see stars. I can see where I'm going. We just came down that ridge line. Yeah. I know what's there. As opposed to getting lucky and then having to cross water. Crossing water and getting through the brush 
on yeah. the, on the riverside. Yeah, there there was probably only a few spots. Nasties. If it was if the sun was still up, we I think it could. You know, been a if the option. sun was still up, I think I still really would have gone up oh and God. said, "Good luck, brother. I'll meet you there." <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Known for me, I'll always take the known. Yeah, because I've done that before. I've I said, "Oh, this should be easy." Yeah, I, I did that bow hunting once, and uh, I was like, "I know where I'm at. I'll just duck over," and I wound up walking across manzanita bushes or scrub oak or whatever, like Oof. three feet off the ground. For 200 yards, walking on bushes. That's rough. I was so wiped. I just went back to the truck. I was done for the day. Like, yeah. I didn't have anything left. All because I didn't want to sweep up and around. <laughs> Sounds like me trying to find base camp in Oregon. <laughs> wow, no, I'm just going to go in a straight line. Man. Forget the trail. If your if your experience wasn't as miserable was as it was, I would have kicked your ass. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I I made you just as tired as I was by running up and down that road a few times. Oh, that man. was my bad. That's pretty funny. <laughs> I did find a bull though. You did. And he found me. That's a good trip. Scared the living shit out of me. Yeah, it was mutual. I think. <laughs> That's funny. That is super funny. That was. Yeah. Well, we're gonna have to um, we have to spend some time now that tags are selling out early and yeah, gotta figure out what we want to go do. Yeah, we're definitely. Um, I'm I'm gonna be a lot more restricted this year, so we're definitely gonna have to lock something down then sooner. Yeah, pick something and stick with it. Yeah. Um. Cool. Well, we'll uh, we'll have to get after it. We got um, yeah. been looking at montana been looking at idaho colorado colorado we need to get you in the draw and you start building you points because points matter mm-hmm. in colorado um but idaho you know there's always idaho yeah go get our butts kicked again by those mountains yep um, i know we need to redeem ourselves for our uh our first idaho elk attempt epic failure epic epic <laughs> yeah except we saw a moose that was cool it was pretty cool it was cool seeing a moose. We got far in there too. What we were six miles in, I think. So yeah, and yeah, and for anyone listening, I mean, what we did was was a solid six miles in, which took the entire day to get in. Practically, yeah. Because yeah. I think yeah, we were getting water at dark. Yeah, and I told you I'm not leaving, so you go get fucking water. <laughs> I do remember that? Yeah, I was pretty jelly legs by the time we got when we got to about. That full six miles in, we went, and then you're like, "Hey, bud, um, we're gonna have to camp up there." And you pointed uphill a bunch, and I'm like, "Oh, you son of a bitch!" <laughs> All right. Yeah, that was the only spot that was flat. Yeah, it came. It was, it was just, a really this cool was spot. Roman nose, Roman nose ridge. Yeah, and it wasn't it wasn't completely flat. Yeah, sliding into you a couple times. Yeah, and it, it was rough. I mean, it was pretty, it, it seemed pretty obvious that uh, we were hoping we pushed the elk into kind of a dead end. We didn't. Apparently, there was a moose chilling in there already, and we just kept pushing them farther down where we walked in. Yeah. Um, And ended up getting snowed out, and well, we were moving. We were, t- we came back out. We were attempting to move camp. We had already made the plan, right? We already right. Made we had the made the plan. We were like, oh, look, a little town. Let's get some pizza. This sounds great. You know, we burned 
a million calories the last few days. And uh, we were informed of like one of the nastiest snowstorms they've seen in a while coming in and Mm -hmm. definitely weren't all prepared for that. No. Um, So what, in a similar spot like that, what, what's a, what would be a better approach for next time? I think there's some, there's some more, I think we were, we were trying to avoid trailheads, right? We were, we were trying to get away from people. Yeah. And I think we underestimated the mountain. Um, I think what we'll, what we'll do next time is start to look at, um, other ways in that are more reasonable. Yeah. And just dealing with competition if we find it, if we see it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the way we went in was ludicrous. And um, to be honest, we got really lucky because, I mean, the, the split between the plans was to pull back out to, you know, get some regular food in our system and go somewhere different. Yeah. Or we were going to push deeper where we thought we pushed those out. Right. And if we spent another day pushing deeper, we oh, were I stuck wasn't. in a snowstorm. I wasn't going to push deeper. <laughs> I saw that snow coming off the mountain. So, because remember, we, we, we didn't set an alarm that day because we said, oh, the cold will wake us up. Oh, yeah. Right? And then the cold didn't wake us up because it wasn't cold. And it was because there was a, the, the barometer had dropped and we had cloud cover. Yeah. Which was the snowstorm. Right. Right? And so we woke up at some some ridiculous hour. And I was like, what the hell happened? And I look outside and I go, time to go. Yeah. <laughs> and I didn't, I didn't know it was going to be as much snow, to your point. Right. But that, uh, I think that changed, <coughs> that changed our, it, it took us from two options to one. Right. Which was get the hell out. Right. Yeah. And I think it started snowing when we got back to the truck. Yeah. Right? Yeah, it did. Yeah. We just, we, well, we were there very aware of the possibility of snow. We just yeah, weren't not expecting it to be what it was. Right. Yeah. Right. I'm sure. Feet, right? Yeah. It, it was like feet. Th- I, I want to say that waitress told us like three to four feet in like yeah. four days. Yeah. And I mean, when we were coming, when we were back on the highway, just w- when you looked in the sky, it just looked like evil coming in. It looked deadly. Yep. But I bet that that old timer that we passed, that old guy who came in on his mule and his horse with like a stove and yeah, a, a house and a, yeah. <laughs> I bet that guy did pretty good. Pulling the double wide. <laughs> yeah. Well, he, I mean, that guy, I, that guy came in knowing mm-hmm. what that storm was going to do. He knew. Yeah. He oh, knew he exactly did. He was all, was yeah. On. He came in that day when it was yeah. already on in the news that that right. storm was coming. So he knew exactly what he was doing. He knew what he was doing. He knew where the elk were going to be. Yeah. He, uh, and, uh, he was happy. He was more than happy to see us punk out. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that was, that was fun. Made some mistakes. Uh-huh. Going to learn from them. Do better this year. Yeah. yeah. So we'll, um, we'll have to, we'll have to talk to Steven, see what he wants to do. Yeah. Um, and then I think I told you this, but Jenny is gonna. That's right. Jenny, we're gonna get Jenny a, a landowner tag for. A Got cow. your wife, doing on her first hunt. Going on her first hunt. That's gonna be fun. That's one of those situations too where it's not gonna make you worry too much about the rest of your season either. You know. Yeah, I'm gonna try. I'm gonna, I'm gonna put excited. a lot of effort into yeah. making sure that that goes well, 
and then anything anything else I do or have or get or is is just yeah. bonus on top of that. Right. So that'll be that'll be fun. Um, we're gonna spend a lot of time out at the rifle range. Make sure she's confident. Mm-hmm. She's naturally a pretty good shot, but she hasn't shot in a while. It's right. been a couple of years since. Yeah. So we used to shoot a bunch when uh, before we had kids. Okay. Yeah. And she used to go out and shoot with me a bunch. There was a point when I was I was pretty proficient with a rifle. And uh, now, unless I'm prone, I don't. <laughs> I don't feel comfortable shooting anything. So I need to actually. I need to bone up on my rifleman, uh, my rifle, sh- rifle shooting. Yeah. But um, <laughs> yeah, it it is. It's gonna be a fun adventure, I think. Getting her into it. Yeah. So we'll we'll uh, we'll have to let you know how that goes. Clearly, we got another year before that happens. It'll be a late season hunt. Okay. No, I'll be watching the um, updates one way or another. You better for be doing sure. your... We didn't really keep up with that these last couple of years hunting, doing like video logs or something. We're going to have to do that. Yeah, we could do that. And now with the, start that with what up. I have opened up now with how easy it is to record, I mean, we got to be doing podcasts on the mountain too. It'd be fun. Just, yeah. Kind of going through it while we're out there. Yeah. Especially when we get a rainy time. day. Sleep in a little bit anyway. Yeah. Um, so I know I got to get you out of here soon. Got to head back up north. Um, tour to family. Doing yeah. the tour to family. Yeah. Um, but one thing we should touch on real quick, I was thinking about, especially once we decide what hunt we're going to do. Last few years, you and I have geeked out maybe just a little bit on training for this stuff and mm. getting fit and getting healthy. And so first... Somehow the other night we came up with a little competition that we're doing. School, what, what what did we finalize on that? So I so, think. <laughs> what do you remember finalizing? I remember before I throw that out there. So first of all, I remember <laughs> we're doing a ten k. Which don't laugh at us. We're we're uh, both fat guys at heart. <laughs> I didn't become a fat guy till I got older. I was a skinny kid, but yeah, ate like a fat guy, turned into a fat guy. Right. Um, and yeah, you were a fat kid at heart. Uh, well, I was a fat kid on the outside too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and you've, you've already had, you've been running a lot. Um, and, uh, you did, you did a 10K last year, right? I did a few. Yeah. I was doing, at least, I was doing one a month just on my own. That's awesome. Not actual races, but yeah. And clearly, I think with you and I, once we do this, I think we're, we're going to get bad, and this is going to keep going up and up and up until maybe once it gets high enough, then we should add Steven in when no, we're well, on a level like him. Because that guy probably runs 50K just to not, get his heart rate up. I'm not ever racing Steven. That's not ever going to happen. <laughs> uh, give me a quad, and I'll race Steven. Yeah. Or a mini bike. Sometimes you forget Hell, I'll take you're a hunting bike. with him because he's a mile ahead of you. Yeah. Yeah. Man. <laughs> He's he's a, a monster. That yeah. guy. He's I, our prefontaine of the group. Yeah, yeah. Something else. So, yeah. so you and I are doing our fat guy ten k. Fat guy ten k. So for time, training so, for it. Training for it. We're gonna um, <laughs> we're gonna submit times in two months. Two months time. Two months. We're so gonna we're, train and then run. So what are we calling it? March first. The, the week of March first. Okay. Sometime in there. And then our so that's that's fifty bucks. Fifty to the bucks. Winner. Our double or nothing. What are we doing for that? Double or nothing <laughs> is whoever gets the closest to six pack. Six pack abs. 
Mind you, I have never, ever, ever developed six-pack abs. You had what? You had a, some I had a four-pack when I was a skinny kid. Yeah. Like, uh, like, I'd say freshman year of high school, I was 140 pounds and didn't go much over like 160 by my senior year. And then... Um, Moved in with Morgan, and she started feeding me, and I hit 200 before I knew it. <laughs> I think my heaviest was like a 210. Yeah, I think uh, I hit... So I started high school at, at 175 pounds. Started high school. Mm-hmm. I uh, My football playing weight was 195. I think I exited high school at 205. Uh, I've... Uh, I've I've come up against two forty a couple times, I'm not far off right now, but it's a better two forty than the last time. Yeah. Um, lifting a little bit, so sitting at about two thirty five right now, a little bit more than I want to be for mountain shape. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> cutting the strength cycle, that's I'm done with that as of the first, and we'll start running again and right get after well, this ten k and the abs. So. <laughs> all things considered i've seen how you do it too going into deer season or then going into elk season um what what were you down at you were down around 210 weren't you 210. that's insane yeah <laughs> yeah and this is normal for me i this is i usually put on i'll put on 20 pounds yeah until the first of the year and start running again See how it works. That's what I'm jealous of too. Is that natural? Is what you naturally walk around at? You if and if, so if you cut down to two hundred, then at two ten, you you were probably starting to V up and getting close to a, a pretty came, flat stomach. After archery season, Jenny looked at me in a way I haven't seen in a while. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen since. Um, no, she yeah, I was starting to V up pretty good. Yeah, and then I went, um, and then rifle man rifle season and Swiss rolls just go together Uh-oh. like peanut butter and jelly. <laughs> so start pounding the Swiss rolls, start eating too much, yeah. and then to justify that, I start the strength circuit right after my last tag. So yeah. right after hunting season's over, get in the gym, start lifting heavy, all heavy, all heavy, 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 heavy. Yeah, and um, damn it, we went the other day and I for the first time in well over a year you you and i well for myself i tried to hit all my one rep maxes Mm -hmm. and damn it i got numbers flying in my head now and i i spent i was up last night probably till like 11 in bed i had a movie going and i was just scrolling through looking at different ways to and to do my supersets and shit like that to start getting those numbers up. And then I'm like, damn it, no. You got to run right now, man. You got to be ready for a 10K. Then you got to try and get abs two months after that. What the fuck did you get yourself into? It's hard to do it all at once. But what see, what I'm jealous of, though, is like you can, because of what you walk around at, um, without trying, you can cut down. And if you... If you you were close at two ten, if you cut to two hundred, and got abs, you're still a big dude at two hundred pounds. <laughs> I'm fairly confident I can shred myself, but I'm gonna have to cut to like one seventy or into the one sixties, <laughs> and I'm uh, definitely afraid of being that skinny again. 
<laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, it's a delicate balance, right? I mean, to do some of these mountain hunts, like, you need, you need the endurance. Yeah. You can't be carrying fat. You can't be a fat body up on the mountain. Um, but if you cut too hard, you'll cut muscle too. Right. Right, and you cut the strength. So you really, it, it's a delicate balance. And I've been, I mean, I, I shouldn't be at 235. If I could just control what I put in my mouth, I'd right. be fine. Um, and so, you know, the discipline comes on and as, as does the running and I'll do some maintenance lifting and try to keep the, keep the muscle. Uh, but to your point, I've been able to keep my bench press where it was mm-hmm. from two years ago, more or less within 10 pounds. And, um, you know, got a, got a pretty good read on my back squat this year. So do some maintenance lifting, you know, one maybe maybe two days a week depending on the week and then lots of running and cardio and ab yeah. work to slim back down and not carry extra weight on the mountain yeah I'm, that'll be the goal i'm willing to bet with all with this leading right in to season for us too i'm willing to bet really focusing on endurance and not giving us an excuse to just start lifting heavy we're probably going to go into the mountain feeling really good. I think so. I think so too. Especially with if we keep the 10k kind of training going through to the end. I um yeah, I like I go I try to go um for me if I can show up on the mountain um between 185 and 190 and just burn the calories the way we do and hiking and everything else. I, I'm very proficient and I, I thrive when I show up at that weight. Um, like for me, I think it's a matter though of having something to burn off to there. Like in reality, if I wanted to, I could show up like 180 and be maybe a little lighter than I wanted to be and probably have really, really good endurance. But I feel like, um, I feel like that first day when I have a lot to burn off and we really hit it hard, um, and just come back, go to bed at eight o'clock and just sleep hard till the yeah. next morning. I feel like I'm just, I'm just good to go the whole rest of the right. week. And granted, this was my first full week, like full, what, nine days we did. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to try. I'm gonna try, try to get in onto the mountain lighter this year. Yeah, even lighter than I was. Which and for me and for my size, one uh, like one ninety, one eighty five is kind of perfect. It's really it's what I'm just maintaining most of the time. So yeah, yeah we'll see how it works out. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a delicate balance, right? I always I always lose ten pounds. During hunting season. Yeah. Always. So I I know that I'm never going to be able to come in exactly where I want to be. Otherwise, I'm going to come off the mountain earlier or I'm going to get fatigued. I'm not going to mm-hmm. have the reserves. Um, but you start to figure it out. I mean, I've been doing this cycle since I started hunting. I mean, even in my 20s, I would, um, I would go into hunting season. I'd come out 15, 20 pounds lighter. Yeah. And that was even when I was just hunting Saturdays, just, just every Saturday, Sunday. Right. Not even doing these big trips. Um, I would just, I just start shredding weight, and then rifle season would come up, and again it was right back to hamburgers and Swiss rolls and yeah, pineapple milkshakes, brother. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
God, that's disgusting. Okay. <laughs> someday, someday you'll you'll see the light. Oh, and you eat it on your pizza too, don't you? Pineapple, not the milkshake. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Fruity pizza. Pepperoni My God. and pineapple, man. It's the best. <laughs> Sweet and salty. No, yeah. So yeah, yeah. We'll um. It'll be fun. It'll be fun to do this 10k race. It'll be fun to see yeah. if I can get anywhere close to abs. Yeah, me too. I'm excited. Pretty much, pretty much expecting that one to go to your Idaho, Idaho license, but <laughs> yeah, we will see. Like I said, I might get in a crunch because I, I really want to maintain my weight and keep muscle and just burn whatever fat I have left on my belly. But I'm pretty solid. Or I'm pretty sure that I'm gonna get down to the pinch there, and I'm gonna have to cut like 15 pounds in, in a few weeks. Yeah. Or a month and just be skinny to do this <laughs> <laughs> well you'll have some time to rebound yeah oh yeah for sure so we'll see how it works out see how it works well let's wrap this up so you can get on the road cool, and man. we will uh we'll do another soon we'll have to do another over skype yeah it'll be fun um we still got to talk about the bear hunt yeah we missed that like, i got well i got on my rant and you, no that's fine you were kind enough to let that's me roll the, with it so the the hunt that started this all when we both yeah. well i mean you were already hunting but both of us kind of hit the mountain as a fat kid there and yeah and it was yeah well you got age <laughs> on me so you I, should be you should be coming back around now uh-huh yeah i'm getting there <laughs> <laughs> I I suffered through that hunt like just it always forced takes myself through it. But I'll tell you what, man, it always I, takes that one. I ended up going to bed that night at you know like fifteen hours after we started. Yeah. yeah, and just pounding headache. Like I actually I would feel really lucky I had you there to talk me into eating some food. And granted, we went to Carl's Jr., which. We would probably do differently now, I think. Um, <laughs> After a night like that, I don't know yeah, I'd do I think a damn thing different. To be I was starving <laughs> until we got there, and my headache hit me so hard and just stayed so long that I was like, I'm not eating. Yeah. And you're like, your no, body, bro, your body you're shutting down. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, all right. <laughs> that was fun stuff. But yeah. You we'll learn a lot over. about your body with that stuff. That's fun. Yeah. But I mean, that. To to this day, I always tell everybody that's that was such an important thing for me, and it really, um, what someone would consider, you know, torture to them that they went through. Really, it was just it was. It's defining. Yeah, it was rough. It was there was so so many opportunities for someone in our situation there to say I can't do it. Oh, we have to leave this animal, or oh, and. That was neither of us were even considering that. That wasn't happening. I mean, but rookie stuff. We're dragging a full body bear out. <laughs> I, I, you, you had. That was a blunt force. That was a blunt force. Effort. Yeah, both of our packs on and both of our rifles, and you were in front of me, like a damn gorilla throwing logs and sticks out of the way. I just hear you. I'm t- doing like 10 yard pulls on this bear and catching my breath and you're in front of me just just chucking logs. <laughs> yeah. Only one more mile. <laughs> Carrying your stupid 44. Oh yeah. Seven extra pounds. <laughs> yeah, and I don't think that gun has ever been on a mountain since. <laughs> I've never, I haven't even, I don't think I've taken it out of a 
case. Well, if you a, bring it again, you're not allowed to bring a rifle, too. You, I don't you even want to bring my other. 45 anymore, man. <laughs> I'm getting so tired of carrying that thing around on the mountain. I just, I'm going to start getting like a, I'm going to get like a snub nose 44. Just as small <laughs> as I can possibly get that packs as much punch as I can get. I don't know. That's awesome. Figure it out. That's awesome. <laughs> All right. Let's wrap this thing up. Thanks, brother. And, yep. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, we did it short and sweet today. And I promise I have more lined up. I'm still talking to some of the same people. I'm trying to set up stuff with some international guys. And it gets kind of rough for everyone. Holidays. Not everyone else can just sit down and talk to me for a couple hours. So we'll make it work. Thank you.